And now it's time to enter the lair, and there is absolutely no doubt that the Perth Lynx got exactly what they wanted from Santa. They didn't ask for much. All they wanted was a dual WNBA championship winner, and when they looked under the tree on Christmas morning, this is what they found. Brianna Whitcomb at the buzzer for three. There it is! Sammy Whitcomb! Here Whitcomb freed in the corner! Left in regulation, driving baseline, kick it back. Who left Sammy Whitcomb open? Yes, after months of wrangling in the words of the immortal rock, Finally, Sammy Whitcomb has come back to Perth Lynx. And the man who is at the centre of all the wrangling and has his fingerprints all over everything that is as good a WNBL roster as we have seen in Perth for a long time is the Lynx general manager, Brent Dawkins. Brent, welcome to the Dribble Podcast. Thanks very much, Craig. It's great to be here. So, firstly, tell us a bit, a bit of what was going on and how much of a relief it was to get Sammy's contract sorted. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely a relief, uh, relief to get sorted prior to our, our first game. Uh, on the road, uh, and it sort of was the, the last piece of our roster um, here. It sort of come out of the blue, you know, two or three months ago, and um, reached out to us. And Sammy was keen to come back to Perth, and um, we were keen, obviously, to have him on our roster. And um, we, it's finally a relief after sort of two or three months to to get it done right on Christmas Day, which was perfect timing. So, so take us into the negotiations in France. She obviously signed to play back in May and then uh, told them in about September that, um, or at least it was publicly announced in France in September that she had a change in family situation, which was her wife getting yeah. a job back in Perth. What, what was the sticking point that you had to work through to get them to release her? Yeah, now obviously Sam had agreed to sign, to play in France for a French team and the uh, the the deal had to be um, obviously worked through and it doesn't happen quickly as you can imagine. And uh, it was a uh, virtually a, a buyout figure of uh, at, at the end of getting out of her contract in France and, uh, and playing, as I said, close by her partner here in Perth and, uh, the fit was fantastic, and it happened uh, just in time for before our, our first game. So was it a negotiation over that, that, that figure, or were they just saying, this is what it needs to be, and you need to pay us, or else she's not coming out? Yeah, no, it was just a negotiation. I, I think in the end it was it was going to happen. Uh, it was just about you know getting the, the right deal for everyone. And uh, um, and then, as I said, it's great to have Sammy on board now. So, um, yeah, can't rush these things, as you can understand, and um, wrap to have her on board at... Um, at this late stage before the season starts. When she left Perth, she was arguably the best player in the comp and she returned significantly better than what she was back then. You you weren't at the, around in, even in basketball at the time, so technically you're a fresh set of eyes. What makes you say wow when you watch her train at the moment? Look, I've, I've seen, as you know, Craig, I've been involved in sport for sort of over 20 years now in Perth and watched a lot of people train and a lot of people um, you know, play at, at the elite level and the professional level and People talked about Sam's work ethic and her training ethic, and um, yeah, she's up there with as anyone else I've ever seen. She's um, unbelievable the hours she puts in, um, even at her level at the moment, and it's a it's a credit to her and um, you know the young girls around her actually just feed off that as well, just to see how hard she works. And yeah, she's fantastic in that and gets everything out of herself, which is a credit to herself. The roster is absolutely stacked and it, it's come at a really interesting time for, for the league. The, the, the WNBL announced a salary cap in May, which was $420,000. Um, but there are obviously opportunities within that to play players yep. as marquee players and you can exceed it and pay a luxury tax. 
at the time you said you'd be a middle of the rung team. Has that changed as you put this together? And have you now paid more than what you would have expected? Are you still around the, the same budget you were looking at? Yeah, around about the same budget. Um, not much more, to be honest. And uh, Sammy realises that she come in late into the into the um, putting the roster together, so she understood that side of things. And there was a big emphasis on her just to play in Perth. So. Um, you know, we wanted to do the best thing by both parties. But, um, yeah, we're around about the same figure as what we said pre-season. So um, um, we're not right at the top end and we're not right at the bottom as well. So we'd, we'd be middle of the run. So did you sense with Sammy that given last year she wanted to play in Perth and the family situation got in the way of that given the hub uh, set up in Queensland just after her son's birth, uh, did you sense that the opportunity to come back and, and, and play where she'd wanted to play for a while now and, and get back in front of family and friends, was that the real thing that made her say, yep, I can take less, I just want to play here? Yeah, I think so. And obviously, you know, we you don't want to shortchange a player either, especially someone of Sammy's quality. Um, but, you know, she, she's uh, got a close connection to coach uh, Ryan Petrick as well. So uh, there's a really nice fit there between those two. And I think, you know, she really wanted to play under Ryan. And unfortunately, that didn't happen last year. And I think um, it all you know, fell into place. And uh, she saw the, the roster that we had put together. And I think she was excited to jump on board that. That's for sure. You've done a brilliant job with the recruiting. You've got the two star imports in, in um, Marina Mabry and Jackie Young. You've also got Whitcomb um, and Lauren Scherf arriving as well. And you've got a big background in recruiting, which I would imagine helped to get these deals done. Take the listeners through your previous life at the Fremantle Football Club and how that experience has helped you to build this list. Yeah, look, totally, totally different sport. Obviously, I mean, I was at the Dockers for uh, for nine years in recruiting based here in uh, in WA and then moved into football operations and and then moved across to, uh, to basketball. And although it's a different sport completely, um, the same sort of... Uh, I guess uh, the same sort of ideas and that come across with stakeholders, et cetera. But as far as the recruiting and the talent identification from a basketball perspective, um, you know, the majority of credit needs to go probably to, to Ryan, Ryan Petrick in regards to that. He's got the basketball eye and, and Keegan Crawford, who's now at the Wildcats. Um, he was our initially our assistant coach. So, you know, nearly on six months ago now, we sat down in the room, myself, Ryan and Keegan, and, uh, and went through a, an amazing list of, uh, a number of a number of basketballs all around the world, Australia, international, and uh, and we started from there. And uh, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of dealing with different time zones, um, especially with agents in America and Europe. And um, yeah, you know, different sports, but dealing with agents, dealing with managers, it was uh, it was similar in that regard. But as far as on the court and the talent of the girls, that uh, is obviously was, I left that to the coaches. They're the uh, experts in that area, and they they said, look, we think. X, Y, B and C, they're worth following up. Then I take it from there and uh, and we go from there. So when you're putting the, the list together, how do you manage to make sure that you've got all of the pieces at the right in the right order that you've got to get them in and and, uh, and at the right time with other clubs trying to get them around the, around the world? Like, How did you manage to put to piece it all together? Yeah, well, obviously we're, we're based here in Perth and we still a big emphasis on WA athletes. Um, so, you know, Darcy Garbin was a, probably one of our first pieces that we wanted to get in place. You know, WA athlete, uh, an Australian Opal, uh, a tall, which are hard to find. Um, so with her and then we went with Lauren Scherf, another tall, another Australian Opal. It then gives us more flexibility to find some guards internationally. Um, the tools are the, the ones that are more difficult to find. And if you try and find a tool from overseas, usually you're playing above the odds. Uh, it's a bit like the old money ball situation. So uh, there is a lot of guards internationally. And so that, that was the method we went through. We went through with the, try and lock away some a couple of tools first, um, then get some WA flavor definitely into our team. 
and then finish it off with at what we thought at that time was going to be two, I guess, international imports as guards. Um, Sammy come along and made that three, which is uh, which is a bonus for us. But that was pretty much our philosophy and how we went about um, putting the list together. And uh, it is a slow process. Uh, it doesn't happen overnight, as you can imagine. Lots of phone calls and lots of toing and froing. But um, yeah, now that the girls are about to jump on a plane, I can uh, finally get a couple of nights sleep, uh, <laughs> which would be nice. So Jackie and Marina are former teammates and championship winners at Notre Dame, and were both drafted in the same draft. Jackie at number one, Marina at number number nineteen. Is it a coincidence that you went for the, some some players who are not known to each other but the same age and the same level of experience in the WNBA is there is there a hitting point that you want to aim at when you're trying to put this sort of a list together yeah it's 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 not a coincidence obviously that that helps um but that's a bit like football as well you you try and get the best player especially early on and then if it does fit um on the back of that their their synergy and their time together especially moving to the other side of the world um really helps out as well so you know it was a really nice fit to have two ex Notre Dame players and uh in Jackie and and uh and Marina come on board so that was that was nice Jackie won a gold medal for America at the three by three in the in the Olympics and Marina got votes at the WNBA most improved award this year so it feels like it's been breakout years for both of them did you sense that was coming when you signed them given that you signed them before these achievements occurred yeah that was uh it's as I said, referencing Moneyball again, and uh, it's one of my favourite movies. And it's uh, trying to predict the future in any in any draft and in any recruiting thing. It's that doesn't always work out, as you well know. But um, trying to get them and predict that they're they're, they're going to have great seasons. You know, Jackie once again another fantastic season with Las Vegas, and then and got the call up late to the Olympics team, which was great. And then Marina a breakout season as well. So um, yeah, so far so good, and everything sort of ticked the boxes, and uh, it's happy days. There was someone who is going through the ranks when you were at Fremantle who you, everyone was hoping might turn into someone and he became pretty good too from a, in terms of a bargain basement sort of uh, a selection at, at the right age and that was Matthew Pavlich so you'd be quite happy if you get if you get some Matthew Pavlich out of Marina Mabry and Jackie Young this year wouldn't you? Yeah if we could grab a uh, you know a Pav and a Lee Brown uh, out of that draft and a Paul Hazelby then uh, we'd be more than happy with that I think at the end of the season so um, yeah no very similar mate that's for sure. <laughs> you had you had both your imports at your house on Christmas Day how had they enjoy the 43 degrees? Yeah, they loved it. Uh, luckily, we got a pool, and uh, they they spent some time in the pool, and uh, we we just thought it was a good chance to um, obviously being away from their family to uh, to invite them around and uh, enjoy the the seafood dinner, uh, the seafood lunch, and uh, and showing them a little bit about the Australian Christmas compared to an American Christmas. So, look, they had a great day, and uh, I'm sure they thoroughly enjoyed it. You mentioned Scherf earlier. How important was it to get someone her age, 25, with that size, athleticism, championship experience? Feels like she's just about to hit her peak. Yeah, look, Lauren's fantastic and has been fantastic all pre-season. Um, as you said, fits the right age demographic as well. Um, and a lot of our girls do on our list, to be honest, if you actually look at our, our age demographic uh, along the list, we're all around that 23, 24, 25 age bracket. Um, and then obviously Sammy on top of that. Um but, yeah, really important. She's had a fantastic uh, interrupted season, I guess, in the NBL 1 uh, South with Kilsyth. Um, was their best and fairest player, MVP player and uh, and come across. And she's really adapted to the WA lifestyle and uh, has fitted in really well and is really great for the team. Um, and as I said, she's been named in the Opal squad as well for um, the February uh, games. And, um 
it's a fantastic effort by her, that's for sure. You got three Opals, three or oh, four Opals technically, I suppose, uh, yeah. uh, and but one of them is a WNBA player. So if we say three WNBA players and and three Opals, it's a fair squad. Um, you're going to say that you're going to take it one game at a time, but this is a squad that's been built to be really active at the business end of the season, isn't it? Oh, look, I am going to say it's going to be one game at a time, but um, you know we've just got to get on the plane on Friday and uh, and then look, the girls are just just can't wait to actually play a game of basketball. They've had an extended preseason. A lot of the other teams have been playing for a month already. So um, they're really keen to play that first game against Adelaide. But as far as the squad, look, yeah, absolutely. We're on paper, it looks a strong team. Um, but as I said, uh, many, many strong teams on papers have, uh, have failed to deliver when, when uh, the games, you know, the ball gets thrown up, that's for sure. But um, we will take it one day at a time, one game at a time and hopefully get the uh, the win against Adelaide on Sunday. How have you found the, the pre-season practice matches you've been playing behind closed doors? How, yeah. What have you got out of those so far? Yeah, they're really good, actually. Um, very difficult. Obviously, we can't play against any other teams, um, you know, from interstate. So it makes it a little bit different. Um so we had to do a bit of a, a mixed team of NBL One West boys and girls, or men and women. Um, so that was good, just to make the games as competitive as possible. Um, but as with all preseason games, and they don't it's hard until you actually get out there and you play the first proper game, and that's when everyone goes 100%. So. Yeah, we had our last game today and one more training session on Thursday and then we're we're on the road on Friday morning. So um girls can't wait. So it's been it's been a dramatic week for sports throughout the entire country with basketball and soccer and footy and cricket impacted by COVID nineteen. You're gonna sit up in Adelaide for your first game on, on Jan two and we know that they've got some pretty tight rules around what's considered a close contact and what the rules are if anyone in um gets any situ- any uh, COVID problems there. And then you go to Victoria, uh, where you'll sit up in Ballarat. So when you yeah. look at it, how are you going to try to avoid the COVID situation in South Australia firstly and then in Ballarat, which has got about 90 cases at the moment? Yeah, it's just being, uh, it's being smart, I think, Craig, and, and uh, you know, just telling the girls that, you know, just don't put your in self into any situations as best as you can. Um, you know, you, obviously they can't be stuck in a hotel room for, you know, for the entire month and that's not going to work either. So you can't do that for their mental health side of things. But, yeah, just be smart. Uh, obviously, always wear your mask, do all the, the COVID protocol stuff. And, you know, go out in, if you're going to go out, go out in small groups rather than, you know, full team dinners and stuff like that. And, and when you can eat outside, you eat outside. So, you know, little things like that, you you tell the girls. But, yeah, as I said, we're short stop over in Adelaide, uh, two nights there, and then we base ourselves in regional Victoria, which has its positives because we're not based in the middle of Melbourne, which is good. Um, as you said, 90 cases in Ballarat. So, um, yeah, just, just managing that. And as I said, take it day by day. and um, you know, there was a game, I think, cancelled today between Bendigo and Sydney Flames, and I'm sure it won't be the only game that gets cancelled and has to be rescheduled in the environment that we're, we're living in at the moment. So if games do get cancelled around the league, not just yourself but with other ones, will you try to get more than your current six home games in Perth? There are a couple of little windows where they might be able to wedge a yeah. game in here or there around March. Do you, is that a yeah. goal to try to get some games back if you can? Yeah, look, just uh, not 100% over the line, but I can give you a little bit of a, a scoop that looks like we've gained another home game um so there'll be seven home games we get now um which is good so that can be confirmed in the next couple of days um so seven yeah we did have six now seven so that's a bonus for us so we can get our away games done obviously in the next month 
and then we get you know seven virtually seven weekends in a row of home basketball that's going to be a nice way for us to to wrap up the season i think if we can be around the mark when we get back then it's a nice strong finish we can have so what would that date be and what's the likely opponent to be for that extra game now um potentially to be adelaide um they did have us going back to adelaide to play on the 17th of february then um but it, it makes a lot more sense if adelaide come to us considering we've already gone to adelaide on the way over so it would be a straight swap for us to play Adelaide here rather than um, we going back over to Adelaide didn't make a lot of sense. So um, that, that would give us seven home games and give Adelaide ten home games. We thought that was only a fair and a, and a pretty easy switch. And you'd be that will make it a lot easier, I'd imagine, also for the, the players who are coming back from playing in the Opals uh, uh, around, yeah. in, in that small window. Just makes it everything a lot easier if, you, if you've got your own players back in Perth, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, the, you know we could potentially have – we've got four girls in the squad that – that could go and play in Serbia in that window. So, um, you know, whether they all make the final team that heads over, but it does definitely make it easier to fly back into Perth from Serbia than, um, than it would be to go back over and play an away game in Adelaide. Uh, you mentioned we were in Ballarat for a fair portion of time. You went to Union Ballarat. I assume you're going to be taking yes. them all to Sovereign Hill to pan for gold <laughs> and do some work with the blacksmith like everyone else who's been to that town. Yeah. No, exactly right. I'm back to my old uh, stomping ground, so I'm a backsmash boy and went to uni in, in Ballarat and did a PE degree there. And uh, yeah, I'm probably more excited than anyone to get back to Ballarat. So um, the other girl, most of the other girls haven't been there, and definitely the uh, the American girls haven't been there. So it'll be a, uh, an eye opener for them. But at least we're not going over there in the middle of winter, uh, where we'd be having beanies and, and gloves on and and no doubt snowing every morning. But no, look, it's. Uh, it's a great place and uh, I'm sure they'll settle in well there and, and interact with the community and, and hopefully that Ballarat jump on board us similar to what they've done with the Western Bulldogs in, in the AFL. We'd love the Ballarat community to be supporting us rather than supporting Southside or or Bendigo or any of the other teams that have come down and play us in Ballarat. So we're going we're gonna to make that a big focus and try and get the crowd behind us and uh, sort of our second home home fans are across there in Victoria. Now, we're, we have a segment on the Dribble podcast called This or That. You can't sit on the fence. You have to give us a, a genuine answer, unlike your one week at a time. Now, the question we're asking this week is, we're seeing the challenges for sport throughout COVID. And what do you think is a better model? Is it the safe and proven hub model where all teams go to one spot and it becomes a TV event? Or is it better to have teams still travelling the country, playing in front of home crowds and just copying the interruptions as they go? Definitely the second for me. Um, I still think it's really important for um, from a, a sponsorship point of view from each of the individual clubs to try and get those home games. Um, but not only just the sponsors, but also our fans. So, yeah, we, our fans here haven't, play, haven't watched our girls play for near on two years by the time they get back. So um, just to have that fan engagement. And, and then we play it game by game once we get into that. So if there is one game needs to be rescheduled, we, we take it on the chin and, and we move forward and, and we look towards the next game. So um, from my point of view, definitely trying to adapt on the road as much as we can. Well, look, thank you very much for, for joining us, Brent. The Lynx kick off their season on Sunday against the Adelaide Lightning. We hope things go extremely well for you and it becomes the powerful season that you hope your team can produce. Thanks very much, Craig. And once again, thanks so much for the support. And, um, yeah, look, the girls are, are raring to go, looking forward to get on the court, but also really looking forward to get back and playing here in Perth as well uh, in, the, in the new year. That'd be great.